Hey guys, welcome back. As we continue to walk through our fundamental study, um, we are transitioning today from what is the Bible to is the Bible true? How do we know that the Bible is true? And quickly, just to kind of recap how we got to this point, we kind of took a three-tiered look at what the Bible is. Um, in session one, we really looked at how the Bible is a primary tool that, that God has given us to see and know him better and how to live in relationship with him better. And then really just kind of unpacked a box score look at, at what the Bible is just from an objective point of view, you know, who wrote it, um, when it was written, uh, the languages that it was written in, the way it is put together. And from there, um, we started looking at the characteristics of the Bible and how these characteristics are really synonymous with who God is. We looked at Psalm 19, 7 through 11, uh, and really just broke down how God's word is perfect and trustworthy and right and radiant and that there's a great reward in, in knowing it. Um, and then last week, uh, if you recall, we looked at strategic study. So, you know, how do we truly study the Bible? What are some key elements that must be present in our study of the Bible when we come before it and glean from it for truth and knowledge and wisdom? Uh, not necessarily looking at the only way, the only right, this this true, tried and true method of studying the Bible, but just from key elements um, that must be present as we study it, to study it prayerfully and humbly and carefully and confidently uh, and consistently and personally, all those things. Um, so I, th- I feel like uh, coming into this week of, of, you know, is the Bible true, starting to go into a new chapter of our fundamental study, we've really gotten a good foundation for what the Bible is, how to study it. Um, some of its characteristics. And so now we really need to see, okay, this is what it is, but what is the evidential patterns? What are the things that we can see in and about the Bible that help us see it as true? And two things I really want us to do today in our time together are, one, I want us to, I want us to see the way that we're going to reach this answer of the Bible's truth. What is what is the avenue that we're going to take to see the Bible is true? And then two, I want us to start start this conversation with why we don't innately believe the Bible to be true. What what is preventing us from believing in the Bible as the truth, as God's word from the get-go, not just personally, but as throughout humanity. What what is preventing us from doing that? Um and so this is this is a really important topic. Um, whenever we were putting this study together, we decided to start with the Bible because everything that's going to follow this uh, starts with these first two chapters of what the Bible is and how we know it's true. Is the Bible true? And so it's 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 crucial in your own life and your walk with Christ that you have something to stand on behind the truth of the Bible. I know in my personal walk. Um, the Bible was one of those things that I accepted as true with very little evidence, very little um, data or speaking points that I could point to that would that I could say this is why I believe the Bible to be true, other than just trusting the people that told me. And so my prayer is that uh, in your study over the next couple weeks, you will see the Bible is true and know that the Bible is true because of what God's word reveals about itself. Um, And so kind of the way we're going to go about this 
over these next couple of sessions. Obviously, like I said, we'll look at why we, we're going to start with kind of the root of our doubt. So before we begin the pursuit of truth, how the Bible is true, we're going to start with the root of what our doubt is, and we'll start that here momentarily. But the the way we're really going to find this answer is similar to the way that we find truth in all other avenues of our life. Uh, one of the opening questions and kind of icebreakers in session one is, who do you think is the best Major League Baseball player? You know, what are your reasons behind who do you think is the best player in the game right now? And I know for me, I'm if if I the question was asked to me, I was I would pull up statistical data, I would look at awards, I would look at how their team did, um, I would just I would want to see how they compared to other people in the league to determine what's best. There would be a couple key statistics, a couple key factors that I would want to be able to stand on to support my claim of truth. And I think we do that in a lot of different avenues in our life. I think about a court system. Someone's presented innocent or guilty, and what they're trying to do during that trial is present evidence, present convincing evidence behind their claim of innocent or guilty before the jury to make their decision. And ultimately, the jury's decision comes down to the evidence. What evidence is there? And we're going to do the same, the exact same in our study of the Bible, that we're going to take an evidential approach to this because our belief, our convincing of truth often follows evidential convincing patterns. And whether where there isn't evidence, convincing evidence that we see, uh, our view of truth rarely follows. And in the Bible's terms, in, in the case of the Bible, uh, the evidence is there. We know that as followers of Jesus, the evidence is there, the convincing evidence is there, but it, do we have the eyes to truly see it? Do we have the proper lens to see the truth as it is? And so in session two, uh, we're going to be taking an internal approach towards the evidence, uh, looking at the content of the Bible, how the Bible, the content of the Bible actually speaks to its own truth, how it supports itself just based on its content and how it was put together, how it was received as truth. And then in session three, we're going to look externally at this convincing evidence, how our lives, the how our lives change and the obedience of our lives, how, how our actions truly authenticate the Bible's truth. After we read it and come to know it, that our lives change and actually authenticate the truth of God's word itself. And so that's kind of the way we're going to reach our answer. I'm excited for you to kind of walk along together over the next couple weeks in your groups and on your own study as we do that. But like I said, today we're going to start with why don't we innately believe the Bible to be true? And you may be listening today thinking, you know, you're in a similar context that I grew up in the, the Bible Belt or in a Christian home and the Bible is just something I've always believed to be true. I've never truly doubted. Um, the Bible, and but I don't think that's the case for humanity, and I and even in your own life, there takes something for you to believe the Bible to be true, and so there's something hindering us from believing it. Like I said just a second ago, the the evidence is there of the truth of the Bible. Just because we don't see the truth doesn't mean that evidence doesn't exist. It, similar cases all across our world, just because. We don't see the evidence is true. Doesn't mean the evidence isn't there. And so, what what is hindering hindering us from seeing that evidence, seeing that truthful, 
convincing data that the Bible prevents presents itself. Excuse me. And ultimately, uh, that is sin. Sin is what is preventing our lens from being rightly gauged to God's truth. And when we say truth in God's word, we're really speaking of how the Bible is divine. That's going to be a word that uh, you guys get defined in your study, how the divinity of God's word. And so anytime we say truth, talking about the truth of God's word, we're talking about its divinity, its quality of being from God, that God's word was given to us from him and is a part of his character, a part of his truthful character. Um, and that's kind of what we're unpacking. But but sin is really what is preventing us from being properly equipped to see God's word as truthful. And, and that is why all of humanity naturally doesn't is not naturally inclined to the truth of god's word we can't see it it's there it's present uh it supports itself but but we can't see it we we are not inclined to be able to receive and perceive rightly the truth of god's word the truth that is there um j.i packer has a great quote that's in your study um, on page 26, it talks about how sin is the anti-God drive in our makeup. It's what we received from Adam back in Genesis 2, uh, that sin that is passed down generation after generation, uh, and it has true consequences. I love how he's, the, the word he uses. He says it promises a universal unresponsiveness to spiritual truth. It, it promises that. Sin completely prevents us. There's a 0% chance that sin is going to not have an effect on our perception of God's truth. At 100% of the time, sin is going to affect our perception of God's truth. And, and it really, the New Testament calls it a hardness and a blindness of the heart. And we'll unpack that a little bit more here in just a second. But that's how we come to God's word. That's how we see God's word apart from the Holy Spirit in our lives. We see it blindly. We see it as foolishness, as the Bible talks about. Our hearts are hardened and our minds are numb and blinded to how God's word is true. Um, and, and that's going to be the, the theme of uh, your guys' first session together, unpacking the truth of the word. Sin has disabled our ability to rightly see the word of God as it is. Um, and there's a lot, there's a, a mountain of scripture that can back that up. But you have three in your study that you'll highlight. First Corinthians 2 is kind of what we talked about last week, that the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, considers them foolish, and, and we can't understand them because they're only discerned through the Spirit. And so, you know, to, there's ultimately going to be the question of, okay, if my lens is not rightly tuned to, to God's truth, what? How can I change that? What what changes that? And that's ultimately going to be only through the supernatural power of Jesus coming into our heart and changing us. We'll talk about that in this study, but but this is a great opportunity for you to be reminded of the gospel, to to share the gospel in your groups this week, because so much of seeing the Bible is true comes from a supernatural act of God to redeem us, restore us, renew us from a sinful heart, from a sinful mind, from sinful eyes that can't rightly see. 
Um, and so the spirit, if, if we don't have the spirit of God, if we have never come to know Jesus and his spirit in us, then we will only see his word as foolish. We can't understand it. Kind of like we talked about last week, that, that, that screw that dr- with the, with the drill bit, if our, if our drill bit isn't correctly fastened to that screw, it might, it might break the surface. We might get something that's, uh, beneficial on the surface from God's word. Uh, or a good practice, something good to put in place in our life, but it's never going to take root. It's never going to sink deep and hold fast deep in our soul unless we have the Holy Spirit in us to to rightly see God's Word. Um, Isaiah 59 talks about how our iniquity separated us from God, uh, that it is it is a barrier between us and God that prevents us from rightly seeing Him, rightly seeing His Word, and understanding the truth. Again, guys, the, the evidence and the truth is there, but sin has hindered our ability to rightly see it. There's a there's kind of a, a little example in your study about how it's it's kind of like picturing you know that that mile high pop up off the bat during the noonday sun that it is it is the ball is directly in front of the sun and if and if you just try peering up at the ball uh, without the without any kind of lens. Just, just bare looking up at the sun. You're going to be blinded by the light of the sun to the point where you you can't see the ball. You can't catch it. You have no idea where it is um, because of how blinding the sun is. Y- your your ability to see it is hindered. That doesn't mean the ball isn't in the in the air. That doesn't mean the ball is quickly coming down for you to have to make a play on. We just can't see it. Only when we have you know you put your sunglasses on something that kind of hones the light in, helps us perceive the light better in a, in a more clear way, can we then see the ball and actually be able to make a play on it? And that is the same in the Holy, with the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're never going to be able to rightly see God's Word as it is without, without the right lens. And so the Spirit of God really does serve uh, as our glasses in that sense. He enables us to see the Word as true. And, and like I think about in Luke 5, um, I think it's 531, Jesus is talking, um, is teaching, and he says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And that that is our current, apart from a relationship with Christ, that's our state. That's a good way to describe our state, our the state of our soul. We're sick. Our, our eyes are sick, right? Like our, our eyes can't perceive like we've been talking about. Our heart is sick. It can't accept the truth of God's word, receive the truth of God's word uh, rightly. Our, our mind is sick. We can't perceive the truth. We can't see the truth, comprehend or understand the truth. And so even more than fixing our eyes, we'll see. you'll see as you break down uh, Ezekiel 36, 26, more than fixing our eyes, God is also going to renew our heart and our mind to receive the truth through the supernatural work of his son. Because our our view of God's word is is synonymous with our view of his son. If we don't see Jesus as our Savior, as the Son of God, who bore our sin, died on the cross, and raised raised to life three days later uh, to have a right relationship with him, if we don't see him as he truly is, we're not going to see God's word as it truly is either. And we must be given a new heart. He, Ezekiel 36, 26, I'll just read it. It says, 
I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And then verse 27 says, And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Guys, that's what's necessary to see God's word as truthful. This sin is preventing us from rightly seeing God's word as it is, the truthful, divine word of God as it is. And we are totally dependent and desperate for God to do a supernatural act in and through us to give us a new sight, give us new eyes to see, give us a new mind to understand and comprehend and, and not see the Bible as foolishness, but as wisdom and, and life-giving wisdom. And he's going to remove this heart of stone, this heart that, that can't, that's not sensitive to, to God's truth and can't receive the love of God through his word and the wisdom he desires to, to pour out for, on us. And he's going to give us a heart of flesh, a heart that feels and can accept and receive truth. Um, and guys, that's what—that's ultimately what we're dependent on. But um, I hope this is beneficial, just to kind of be able to define. Okay, why why doesn't humanity see the Bible as true? If this Bible is so important and so unique uh, and and so so precious, like we talked about in chapter one of what is the Bible. Why don't people see it as so? What is preventing us from seeing it as so? And ultimately, guys, that is sin. And anytime we're talking about sin, we're we're always going to be dependent on Jesus uh, to do something in us uh, to redeem us from that sin. Um. So yeah, I hope I hope that was beneficial. I hope this is you're excited to kind of begin this study of of really being able to stand on something as to how you know the Bible is true. Um, but in your groups, just. Remember the gospel. This is a great week to share the gospel and uh, point your your group and even point yourself back to uh, the gift that we have in Jesus that he does redeem us uh, to be able to perceive this evidence, this truthful evidence rightly. Because again, it is there. Like the, the truth of God's word is there, but our lens is broken to be able to see it. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to uh, joining you next time. Uh, and praying for you guys as you lead uh, and grow in your own study.